Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me today in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and oh yeah, that sometimes messy thing that we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. All right, Boca Podcast listeners, thanks so much for joining the Boca Podcast today, for listening in. And I am sitting in the living room of my very good and longtime friends, Rich and Heather Smith. And I'm going to try not to just bust out laughing. <laughs> Rich is already trying to do the same throughout this interview. It, it's so much fun to actually get to sit in person with good friends and have conversation. That's what we're going to do today. There's going to be maybe a little bit of structure to it. But welcome. Thank you so much. Actually, thank you for welcoming me to your house and having this conversation with us. Of thank course. you so much for of having course. us. For those of you guys who have are relatively new to the Boca podcast, Rich and Heather were with us back on episode nine, which is crazy. Over mm-hmm. a year ago, um, this is going to be, I think, episode number 72 or something That's like incredible. that. That's incredible. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so I love a, a little bit has changed anyway in the way that we do the podcast, but ultimately it's about conversation. So I'm excited about diving into conversation. And we've gotten to starting the podcast episodes out with what I call the aha moment. And I'd like to hear from photographers what they have learned in their business. Maybe if there's a particular experience or series of experiences that led to a big change in your business that catapulted it forward. Hmm. I'd love for you guys to share that with our listeners, if you will. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Um, I think this entire podcast is going to be on that particular question. Okay, perfect. Um, because this whole aspect of getting your business to go deeper, um, that is what we've been researching and uh, figuring out how to, how to do. And so uh, we, we're just, um, we're still on that journey, but we've learned a whole, whole lot. I haven't implemented everything, but uh, um, but I'm really excited about it. It really is kind of an aha moment on my side. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? What would you think? Yeah, I feel like in February, it'll be 11 years for us in business. And when you look back at those 11 years, there's such a series of small aha moments. But this one for Rich, I think probably has been the biggest one. So that's what we're going to talk about. And I'm excited to weigh in a little bit on this. Yeah. And more specifically, the idea when we're talking about depth in business, I mean, there's so many different directions that we could go with that. But we're specifically talking of, talking about this this idea of deep work. And I'm going to get you to define it here in just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll go into that into some depth, not so ironically. A lot of photographers will relate to this. And I, yeah. and I think that um, because a lot of people will struggle with what I struggle with and um, um, the ability to focus on what really matters in your work, uh, in, in your business, to grow your business. Because I suffer, oh man, <laughs> Heather can totally talk to you about for hours about about my ADHD. I mean, like uh, I cannot concentrate on one thing. It's sure. really, really, really difficult for me. So for me to actually, actually to be able to concentrate and to actually get work done deep work um it's uh it's really is kind of a breakthrough for me you know and so uh, i think what most photographers and because i see it on the internet all the time yeah is that they don't know how to structure their business because they're constantly distracted and they're their own boss right and so they get to make the rules right so if they uh it's their choice whether or not they they want to pr- propel their business forward or binge watch netflix for for two weeks <laughs> i mean like literally there's nothing right. stopping them there's no boss above them that, that says hey you're going to get fired um if you don't get these particular tasks done you know but the irony there of course is that 
without some kind of structure in place for the way that they're running their business, Mm -hmm. their business then does become their boss. Instead Mm -hmm. of, instead of the photographer getting to decide how that business is run and and when they have free time and when they're getting work done, they just kind of let it slide Mm -hmm. because of the lack of structure. Mm -hmm. And then the business becomes their boss. They get stuck in the business instead of working on it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's yeah. a it's a really really significant problem. Yeah, I think that um, I really liked your word slide because I mean, like just like in life, I really don't feel like there's any way to be stagnant with a business. Either you're going up or you're going down, but there's no way to stay stagnant. But it, a lot of times with photography businesses, you uh, you get into a comfortable mode, but you don't realize that you're literally just slowly sliding right. back, backwards instead of going forwards. Right. And so uh, I particularly appreciate our personal relationship. Um, yes. it, it's always good to get to see you guys and to catch up. And so speaking of, I'd love for our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. We did get into <laughs> to depth um, as far as our personal history in the, in the last podcast episode that we had you guys on, episode number nine. You are oh. one of the few return guests, by the way. So oh. count yourself very privileged. It is an honor. It is an honor. <laughs> we paid you a lot of money to, do, to get back on this podcast. No, Jordan. But but I, I figure that our, our listeners can jump back to episode nine if they haven't heard it. But I'd love for you to just share like a random personal fact that maybe most people don't know about you, if you will. Oh, man. Do you want to start? Go ahead. Oh, my gosh. I'm really boring. But... Um, Not I, true. I, okay. So uh, I have a really boring side, but, but also I'm an adrenaline junkie as well. I love all things. If most people are scared of it, I love it. Really? Okay. I love uh, doing anything with heights, jumping out of planes. I love how you just say jumping out of planes, like that's just a normal thing. Yeah, jumping yeah. out of I mean, planes. It's Tuesday. I think I'll jump out of a plane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, ju- we were we were just uh, uh, doing a ropes course, and uh, and I just uh, had three stories of, and I was on the top story, and and I just got bored with it because, and uh, so I was trying to um, go through the whole thing without using my hands and just doing uh, just balancing from, from you know three stories up. It wasn't very long ago. I think Austin, my son, who's now 15, he he was maybe seven years old. And we were up in Minnesota, and we went to the Mall of America, which is in the Minneapolis-St. Yep. Mm-hmm. Paul area. And um, we they had a ropes course inside the middle of the Mall of America. They actually had an amusement park inside yeah. the mall, yeah. and they had a ropes course there. We literally made it up. I don't know, maybe 15 feet off the ground. And I told Austin, I was like, I just, I can't do it. Can't it takes do it. time. You got to yeah. give your, your body a few minutes. Your brain almost takes oh, a little time to catch up. There's something about yeah. the possibility, even even though you know you're hooked into a harness right. that you could potentially fall off, it's just yeah. nerve wracking. I've since gone skydiving a couple of times and hang gliding as well. So. Yeah. Which we still need to do together. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I, still have a, I still have a VHS of so the very first time uh, when I jumped out of a plane and, uh, and I I've got it somewhere. I just got a Wait, like a physical VHS that we need to watch. Oh yeah, I, I need to find it so I can <laughs> I can get it converted to digital. My our kids haven't even seen that, you know. But oh, they would yeah. I think they would love that, you know. Well, and you used to ride motorcycle as oh, yeah. well, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And uh, a lot of things had to change when I became a dad, and uh, but I still love you know, kind of roller coasters. Mm-hmm. You know, the the crazier the the better. I mean, like I just I, there's something that I just makes me feel so alive when I do this. <laughs> I'm definitely going to be getting. Getting so, you back on a motorcycle as soon as possible so we can go awesome. riding together. <laughs> it will not take much to, uh, to convince me. So. Heather, tell us about you. I don't know. I think maybe the most interesting thing about me is the sheer number of natural disasters I have been through. I really lived in California, Southern California, okay. for six years growing up. So it's a very relatively short period of my life. But in that time, I went through um, the first time I was ever away from home. 
Uh, I went through a, ma- a major earthquake, followed by thousands and thousands of aftershocks that week. My town caught on fire back in 93, and the whole thing burned down. Oh my and goodness. so we left the house with only what we had in the car. We lost our house. It didn't burn to the ground, but there was so much smoke damage, it was unlivable, and our belongings wow. were ruined. And um, one morning we woke up living in Laguna Beach, California, and three of the houses literally behind ours had slid down the mountainside and were gone because of a mudslide because there would be these droughts and then there would be torrential downpour and these homes would slide down the mountain. And so, but yeah, I think that between the fires, mudslides and earthquakes, I just lived through a lot during that period of time. And I I don't know. That might be the most interesting thing about me. <laughs> That's funny because I can totally relate to you as well. So I I grew up in Japan. Yeah. Spent about ten years there. And earthquakes, and not only earthquakes, but the the volcano. We literally lived at one point across the yeah. bay from a volcano, and we'd go off strong enough sometimes it felt like an earthquake. And then the ash from the volcano would mix into the the soil, so it would cause landslides. When we yeah. would get the typhoons, which is like the Japanese hurricanes that would come in. So I, I that's amazing. The volcano is the only much. thing I haven't. I feel like that's one of the main main. Uh, it is a little bit unusual, but but yeah, I totally get it. And, yeah. And bucket, yeah. Bucket list. <laughs> bucket list. My adrenaline junkie husband's like, ooh, I'm going to move to California. There are actually people that live on that volcano where, where we grew up. And like kids walk to school with hard hat, like helmets on to avoid getting, I guess, taken out by the rocks that the volcano throws out. It's so crazy. I think that's the bucket list item. You need to go put a helmet on and walk down the street <laughs> on the volcano. <laughs> you haven't lived yeah, until. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of all these fun things, though, what... You guys have two girls. Tell us about your mm-hmm. girls, girls, first of all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alana's nine and Sierra is six, fourth grade and first grade. I'm homeschooling them both. Alana is just like Heather <laughs> and Sierra is just like me. And um, and so because we homeschool them, uh, Heather gets to see the uh, huge mm-hmm. difference between our girls. That contrast, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, the huge contrast of raising a child with ADHD, but also raise, and I get to see it as well. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! And so, it's uh, always interesting when you when you're able to see another personality that's similar to yours and and kind of let that be a mirror. Yeah, I'm a miniature version of yourself. Yeah. He apologizes to yeah. me sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but also it's it's almost comforting because I feel like okay, well, I come really do come by it naturally. It's not a like yeah a, nature versus nurture and that sure. whole thing. It's very fascinating. Oh yeah. Well, I was oh, curious yeah. what what do you guys do? We're talking about all these adventures. What kind of things do you guys like to do as a family? Like, how do you spend your free time? The kids won't hear this. We're taking them on a surprise. Disney cruise in December. They don't know. We're oh, gonna, how yeah. exciting. So that's one thing. And um, we love to just go someplace new that we've never been before and mm-hmm. explore the explore different cities. Mm-hmm. We love we local love travel, just travel. Yeah. So we have a couple trips planned for the next couple years. We're big into um, experiences more than stuff. Yeah. Yes. I want my girls to experience um, the world because I never got to do that mm-hmm. as a kid, um, you know, and because my parents are not going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> Heather's that, making a little nervous <laughs> face there. <laughs> um, uh, they they never were uh, they never traveled or sure and so I I was much older before I even got on a plane you know and so uh, so you want to give them those experiences that's oh, great yeah. though and that's oh, yeah. something similar that I do with my kids uh, may have talked about this before on the podcast but for Christmas each year I yes. I give them a trip we we go on a big trip this year we went out to Yellowstone mm-hmm. um, and actually did it just not very long ago uh, we we got to there was yeah, actually yeah, one th- thanks for the invite by the way <laughs> the photos were amazing oh it's so fun and that was just kind of a fraction of the experience but yeah. the the um, one of the coolest experiences was was getting out of our car we we noticed that there was traffic as we were getting into Yosemite or I'm sorry not Yosemite but Yellowstone and um, we couldn't figure out why there was traffic why the traffic was slowing down 
And then we look up ahead and we see there's this massive herd of buffalo or bison. That's awesome. I think, is it bison technically? Bison Bison. Bison that were crossing the road. Ultimately, I think two to 250 or so. Just a very large number. That is awesome. So we decided to pull our car over on the side of the road and and hike up really close to these bison. And, you know, massive, 2,000 pounds Mm -hmm. on the larger side. Mm -hmm. And they're snorting. And you can see the the, the slobber kind of coming out of their (laughs) mouth as they're just really upset about the fact that these people are, you know, even close to them. And the, oh, they were agitated. Oh, yeah. And there was a baby that was walking alongside this, this what looked to be a male and female. And um, so anyway, just a really exciting experience. But that was it was neat to be able to actually go on that experience with, have that experience with them. And that's something that I got to do growing up. So it means a lot to me as well. But yeah, absolutely all day long. Those experiences, to be able to give our kids those experiences and then to have the memories that come from Doing those with them, oh, yeah. I think it's so wonderful. Yeah, for them to just experience the world, you know, yeah. um, and to appreciate the world. Perspective, and, and, yeah. And, to, and get the travel bug. I really want my, my kids to just, mm-hmm. just never be satisfied to to just be in one state or and, and never experience other cultures, you know? And so uh, we... Yeah, yeah for us, it's been a really conscious decision to live below our means so that we can do those kinds of it's things. perfect. Yep. So just kind of getting outside of the keeping up with the Joneses mentality in yeah. terms of this house size or the... Yep. Um, the, you know, the car I drive, <laughs> we're not vain. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, my car gets me from point A to point B. And, um, and so, uh, I, I know that some people might judge me because of it. Um, and, or, or assume certain things about, uh, about me because of the car I drive. And, and I am perfectly okay with that, yeah. you know? So. Well, at the end of the day too, and this is something I was, uh, I was just, um, talking to another photographer earlier today for the podcast. And we were talking about, the idea of a big picture view or, mm-hmm. or said another way, long-term goals. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important for photographers to establish those. And one of the reasons that's important is because it ultimately helps drive what you do and filter out the things that you don't need to be doing or spending your time on. Mm-hmm. Right. And part of those goals, I, I think anyway, should be driven by our values. And if we're really clear about our values and we've established goals that reflect those values, then you can make decisions like you are, which is to not spend money on certain things, but to spend money on, in this case, experiences. Mm-hmm. And you're able to set those priorities very clearly and very easily. And I think yeah. that's a really great example, a wonderful reminder for all of us mm-hmm. um, and a good point of conversation. Now, the free time that it takes to, to go on these trips with, with your kids, to be able to occasionally get away maybe together, have date nights or whatever the case may be, how do you create that free time for yourself? Are there particular tools or techniques that you use? What, what does that look like? Um, you want to clarify that question? I mean, like, uh, um, obviously when I'm a, I'm a photographer, so I, I dictate my own schedule. So, I mean, I just don't schedule anything in, in, mm-hmm. in December. And, uh, and so Heather works alongside of me and, and also homeschools our kids. And so we, that creates a lot of freedom for us. And yeah. so th- those are the major tools in our arsenal to be able to actually go explore. But I, I love how matter of fact you are about that there, because I'm expecting, you know, I'm asking for a particular tool technique. You're just saying, I just set the time aside. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it's as simple as that. And, and we're leaving December tenth, and yeah. we we won't be back till January. You know, just that's just, awesome. Just uh, we're hoping there will be some work that takes place while we're gone. You know, that, mm-hmm. but that's the beauty of the portability of what we do. Sure. Is the laptops mm-hmm. go with us, and like you, we're minimalists, and mm-hmm. so we just have a little bit of equipment and our um, work ethic, and we can just take it with us. You know, so in the hotel in Gatlinburg, we can 
put the kids to bed at a reasonable time and then we can get on the laptops and get some work done, you know? Um, so it's that simple. I feel like yeah. just, just doing, I mean, it's just a simple act of mm-hmm. it, it. There doesn't have to be some fancy technique or tool. You just, you prioritize it. You set the time aside, you make it happen. Well, I do have some practical tools, but we'll get more into that later. Sounds good. <laughs> or how about now? Ooh, good, good little teaser. Okay. Keep on listening. Keep on listening. Well, and yeah, and we'll, we'll kind of just segue into that because I, Rich, you and I connected at a coffee shop, um, I, I think what has become our favorite coffee shop in town, if I'm not speaking too presumptuously there, this new oh, place it's a called place. Uh, The Frothy Monkey. It's a yep. weird name, awesome coffee shop oh my goodness, at awesome. the Chattanooga Choo Choo in Chattanooga. If you guys ever come through Chattanooga, make sure to stop by. But yes. uh, it's a great place to work, beautiful interior, mm-hmm. um, inspiring almost, mm-hmm. and a great place to meet with, with others as well. But yeah. you and I connected there, and you mentioned this idea of deep work. Yes. You said that you had read a book and, and, mm-hmm. and read about this particular concept. And yep. so I, I'd love to just hear a little bit about that idea. Maybe how did you happen upon the book in the first place? What is the book mm-hmm. about? And then and, and define the idea of deep work a little bit. Yeah, so it is a, it is a book um, by um, Cal Newport. And um, it's, a, it's a great book. And is it actually called Deep Work? Yeah, it's really just literally called Deep Work. Okay. Um, deep Work versus Shallow Work. And that might even give um, some, some uh, ideas to the listener about what Deep Work is. So, uh, so basically, we would, we would classify Deep Work as uh, like anything that would that you need your entire mind to concentrate on fully for extended period of time that would be considered uh, deep work. As um, in you're not playing Netflix in the background while that's, you're that is, That's totally true. That's totally true. Um, I'm, um, I'm honestly amazed at the m- number of people that, that talk about that. You know, I'm, I'm editing while I'm playing Netflix in the background. Mm-hmm. And, and I understand the idea. It's nice mm-hmm. to have a distraction when you're doing something that's kind of mundane. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it, it keeps you from being able to get it done as quickly. Yeah. Um, and so shallow work would be defined as anything that, that you could basically teach someone else, like a college, uh, college graduate. Okay. Uh, if you could teach someone uh, how to do this work within a, in a day to a week, sure. um, that, w- that would be defined as shallow work. Okay. And so, um, so it's easily, it can be easily be taught to someone else. Interesting. And so, uh, so what, what, uh, what Cal is really wanting to get people to do is learning how to get into the space of no distractions and be actually be able to do what's called, you know, deep work where like you, uh, you have a project in mind that, uh, that might take, um, a day, a week, a month and sure. sometimes even a year to complete, sure. you know, um, most people won't do that because they don't know how to get into this space, the space of being able to do deep work of total concentration without any distractions because, because we are in this society that is constantly distracted constantly distracted. Right, right. Heard a statistic on a podcast the other day that the average American adult checks their phone 150 times a day. Not surprised. Right? Yeah. And so for someone who has ADD <laughs> living in this living in this day and age that we're living in, it just compounds the problem. For sure. You know. Um yeah, I was just literally having the same conversation um with with the earlier guest and and we were talking about the fact that these apps are designed to grab your attention. Yeah. 
and and one is tough enough, but then you have you know five or ten or fifteen or twenty that are designed to do that very same thing, and that's what we're combating with. And most most photographers aren't proactive enough to at least turn the notifications off, so they're constantly buzzing or dinging or otherwise, and and pulled away from focusing on not just focusing, but you made an interesting distinction earlier that I want to kind of dive into a little mm-hmm. bit more. But that is the difference between shallow work and deep work, shallow work being something that you can actually delegate to somebody else, Mm -hmm. deep work being something, um, I'm going to presume here, but Mm -hmm. something that's kind of proactive in Mm -hmm. nature, something that's going to actually move your business forward. Bigger picture stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This The stimulus that we're constantly being distracted, constantly being distracted, that's only just beginning. You know, like this uh, this problem that we're having um, is a relatively new problem. Our, our, Our parents... Our grandparents, they didn't have this. And you can see um, with this little problem of distractions, it's only going to get worse. Sure. And so pretty soon you're going to have a distinctive between two kind of groups of people, people who are who cannot, literally cannot get into this, um, this mode of deep thought, of deep concentration, of distraction-free, and people who can. And so it's, it's something that uh, we as a society have to kind of navigate through, hmm. but not just society, but us as parents, because, you know, Apple and Microsoft and, and, uh, and Google, they're going to try their hardest to get you more and more and more addicted to their technologies so that sure. you have to keep on persons that, you know, advertising and, and just, just on the onslaught, they're going to find new and more interesting ways to, to get your attention. Right. And so, uh, so it's, I, I believe, I mean, like, it's only just going to get worse. And so, so either we've had to figure out how to deal with it now or we're going to get get lost into and train our brains into into literally not being able to actually concentrate anymore. Right, and so. and so I, and this is a word that that I use a lot on the podcast, but I think it's important. And it is that notion of proactivity, right? If if you if we simply react to what's going on, um, it's going to be easy to get sucked into that. If we lack self awareness in our behavior, it's going to be easy to get sucked into th- this very mentality that you're describing, mm-hmm. and. We're fortunate enough to live in a day and age where it's relatively easy to get most of of what we need to get done as business owners to run a business, to even make it sustainable. It's not too complicated. But what we're talking about is what it takes to take to, to get the business to the next level. Right. And and that's going to take, first of all, some self-awareness to realize that, as you're saying, these, there are systems in place that, that are designed to grab our attention, mm-hmm. ultimately to distract us. Mm-hmm. So we have to be proactive about creating a, a workflow that enables us to step over that and beyond that mm-hmm. and to focus on the proactive things that are going to actually move our business forward. Right. And so one of those methodologies is this, this, this idea of deep work. And so I'd love to have you kind of break down what the, the, the driving, actually, you know what, before you even get to the, the basic principles of it, talk a little bit about what your, your workflow, what your day-to-day in business, maybe even your personal life too, looked mm-hmm. like prior to applying these principles to your life. And maybe, Heather, you can comment on that too. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I would love to. Um, just absolutely no structure. No okay. structure. So basically, I wake up, I would just be like a ship tossed in the waves. Like, yeah. like, like what, whatever, uh, I would be easily distracted and, um, you know, I would be working on this and then an email came in and then I would, and then I would jump to this and right. then, and then something on Facebook popped up on, and then I would go to that. And then like, like, I'm just like, just hopping over and all over the place, you know, and just, just for just start in the morning and do that until nighttime 
feeling there's no uh, sense of satisfaction, right. uh, feeling like, man, I just feel like I wasted my day. I don't feel like I accomplished much and all that stuff. And so that is, that's kind of what it looked like oh, yeah. prior. Oh, yeah. Heather, do you have any thoughts to add to that? <laughs> <laughs> Heather can expound. <laughs> <laughs> well, our lives are interesting because there's so much freedom and flexibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to be unbelievably structured and disciplined in order to create just the regimented kind of day that you really need in order to have the sense of satisfaction that he's talking about. So without having a strategy like deep work, you are just trying each day to do your best and you know that you need a little bit of extra help or some reinforcement or a more um, streamlined approach, but you're not sure what that exactly needs to be because what works for one person might not work for another person. What works for you may not work for Rich in terms of organizational strategies for a person's day. Sure. Um, So because I'm waking up and I'm schooling the girls until about lunchtime and then I'm available to help with the business after that... You know, I don't feel like it was a train wreck. We've been running the business for 10 years. But yeah. I think that his, I think the biggest difference that I've seen is his sense of satisfaction at the end of the day. Okay. And his, like, I think there's more of a, a peace now, knowing that he tackled his day in a really proactive kind of way. And he was intentional about the way that he spent his time. And he organized his day in the way that, it, you know, it allowed for maximum productivity and satisfaction. And so... Versus um, what it looked like mm-hmm. before, which was kind of a sense of frustration and stress or yeah yeah and, and overwhelming uh, yeah it felt mm-hmm. you felt kind of lost like because i'm not a dummy i mean like I, I know that my my business needs to grow and i, I had an idea of like, what it needs to do but i'm so, so so overwhelmed i know that it's hard for me to concentrate on anything and so anything that did require concentration i would put off over and over yeah. and over again uh, simply because i know that um in seven minutes my brain literally will will want to get distracted. Sure. It searches for things to get distracted with. Yeah. And and I have to add a little caveat there because I think this is something interesting to consider, but it's natural for us to get tired mentally. Mm-hmm. I, I think we're it, it, not just the, the kind of stimulation that we're talking about from social media or otherwise that we're constantly bombarded with, but as business owners, there's a lot to keep up with. And mm-hmm. we have our personal lives and families, marriages mm-hmm. and relationships and mm-hmm. so forth. There's a lot that we deal with. Mm-hmm. We have to make a lot of choices as business owners as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a mental drain there mm-hmm. that naturally kind of pushes us in the direction of wanting to be distracted, right? Well, yeah. I mean, like, uh, there are studies that show that we can make our brains a decision bank. Once we wake up, we can make about 200 decisions that day. And in past that, your your brain gets really, really tired. Sure. Um, then it starts relying more on habit or or the, the neural pathways that, that, that's already kind of established in your brain. Sure. Yeah. And so kind of go into autopilot. Yeah and, so, yeah. and so that's why you're really reproductive throughout the day. And then um, you eat really well. And then you're making all these decisions that are really, really great. And then at the end of the day, you do something that you regret, you know, like uh, you start making worse decisions as sure. the day gets, gets, gets longer. Sure. So, so I think it's important to acknowledge the, the, the reality, which is that it's easy to get tired. Mm-hmm. But I think to, to kind of take that in the more proactive direction, again, to use that word, um, I think it's important that we do the very thing that we were talking about earlier, which mm-hmm. is to be very proactive in establishing some goals, mm-hmm. which ultimately leads to structure, which allows us to filter out all the unnecessary decision-making mm-hmm. that may happen in a day. If, if we don't have that structure in place, mm-hmm. we have a lot less decisions to make 
um, a lot less of the, I guess, the noise that we mm-hmm. have to filter through, and and as a result, we'll be less tired. And mm-hmm. so I think we can we can bring this back around to the importance of the big picture view or the long term goals, and how that enables us to filter out the unnecessary noise, which will help minimize the amount of mental exhaustion, which will certainly help in this case, and mm-hmm. and giving the focus and attention to the so-called deep work that we're talking about. But what I'd really love for you to do is kind of share with us the the major driving principles behind this idea of deep work. Uh, And and then we can get into what it looked like once you applied those to your work. Yeah. Yeah. And real quick, the ability to actually create, um, to, um, to change your choices. You can, because you can change choices into habits. Um, That's why Steve Jobs wore the same clothes all Every day, he actually got that from me, by the way. And that's why you know, like, 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 if if he can eliminate a choice, what am I going to wear today? He knows that he can use that that decision bank for something else. You sure. know, like I don't have to make a choice. Right. I know exactly what I'm going to wear tomorrow morning. You know. Right. And so there are ways that you can structure your life to make less choices yes. and to create more habits, because when you have create a habit it doesn't dip into that that decision bank yep. okay ultimately it really is really great to like figure out and and to really explore your day uh, with that knowledge of like okay i know that i am i only have so many decisions i'm going to make today before mentally i won't get exhausted so how can i create these these routines and habits that my brain doesn't have to, to think about it. And, and that are based around the important activities, right? Mm-hmm. Those that are proactive yeah. in nature, they're going to actually yeah. move your business Yeah, there, there's people who, like, they eat the exact same thing for breakfast every morning. They don't open the refrigerator and be like, am I going to have cereal or am I going to cook eggs? You know, <laughs> they, that decision's already been made for right. them, you know? Right. And so, uh, and so it, it could be even because your brain can't differentiate between a big decision and a small decision mm. or, or a big choice and a small choice, you know? Um, and so it... It's just it's a decision, it's a choice. So for you to actually be able to eliminate uh, any any choice that really just don't matter, those small choices. Sure. So you can really kind of start concentrating on the big choices that really matter. Then you're going to actually have more mental power to actually to to do more and to grow more in your in your business. You know. Well, talk to us a little bit about the the principles that can that, that drive this idea of deep work. Maybe there's. Uh, three or four basic components that actually make up that that deep work and then and then talk about how you applied that to your business. I think the major thing is how how to determine what deep work is okay. in your own own personal life. You can also try to categorize, okay, is email deep work? And then you're like, okay, well, can I teach someone to, to write these emails? More than likely, yes, you can teach someone to write an email in a couple of days. So more than likely, that's not going to be deep work. Okay. Mm. Um, a really fun way to figure out what deep work is, is, is to figure out, um, ooh. Um, hmm. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> Intrigued. <laughs> um, it is basically what's called a champagne moment. Okay. What could I do at, um, this whole week by, if I make a decision on, on, on Sunday, what what goal or thing that I can accomplish by Saturday that I literally would want to go out, buy some champagne and celebrate that I got accomplished. And so, uh, um, and so that would be a really, really good for, you mean like a good way to determine whether that was deep work, uh, oh yeah. if it was worth celebrating at the end of the week? Oh yeah. Uh, although we have to be clear because I think some people would be excited if they just got their inbox down to zero. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 good point. And, um, and that would be, 
for some people who are overwhelmed um, with that, uh, they might need some motivation to basically do some spring cleaning on, on their own own businesses before they can even start doing some deep work. Sure, fair enough. Um, that that uh, the first week it might be like inbox zero champagne moment or chocolate, you know, the expensive stuff. Can we call this the hot chocolatier moment mm. instead of the champagne moment? Oh, yes. yeah. Because that's of, really speaking my language. <laughs> speaking of places to go, if you guys ever visit Chattanooga, you definitely have to, in, in addition to get some coffee at... Um, the Frothy, Frothy Monkey. Monkey. Walk across the street. <laughs> go to the hot chocolatier. Get pretty much anything sweet that you... Well, sweet and, and chocolate related that you oh, can man. imagine. Oh, man. Incredible. I got him yes. distracted. Yes, yes. <laughs> they just had this... My fault. This salted caramel hot chocolate that's just unbelievably good. <laughs> <laughs> change your world with their their homemade marshmallows. We've been talking a lot about how Rich struggles with ADD, but I think that it's worth noting that the principles that he's talking about apply to anybody in any business. You know what I mean? This is not just something for someone who struggles to focus. This is, I feel like, for all of us. Well, and you made an interesting point earlier, which is that, that these tendencies toward, or that the ADHD or ADD behavior, mm-hmm. right, these are tendencies or behavioral patterns that you've, you've seen since you were a child, mm-hmm. um, that, that there are a lot of people out there who might categorize themselves as having ADD or ADHD, mm-hmm. but the reality is they're, they're learned habits. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. and, and oh, I'm yeah. certainly guilty of, of the same. Yeah. Um, so there's kind of a spectrum, if you will. But oh, yeah. the reality is, as you said, Heather, that these principles are applicable regardless. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I like the direction that you were going. I mean, at, at the celebratory nature of, you know, at, hey, let's set a goal and, and celebrate it at the, at the end of the week. That's a good thing. But I think the direction that you were going, which was um, to, to determine whether or not this particular task or activity can be delegated to somebody else, can be taught in a day or two and delegated to somebody else, mm-hmm. even if it takes a week mm-hmm. and you don't have to do it the rest mm-hmm. of the year. Mm-hmm. That's a really good distinction between something that is more shallow work, as you were mm-hmm. talking about, versus something that is deep work. Right, right. So Yeah, it, and I think, th- I think the biggest thing is that some shallow work is just inevitable. There, there's, there's no escaping some shallow work. But how, how can you structure your day and your week um, so that your shallow work doesn't swallow you, that that doesn't dictate everything about you, because we we enjoy doing things that doesn't require much brain brain activity, you know. Sure. Uh, uh, writing emails, editing, um, th- those type of things, people can binge watch Netflix while doing because it requires zero brain power. Um, but that's but, the whole point in the end, right? Right. If, if it requires little little brain power, then that exactly. means it's probably something you should be delegating a- elsewhere. Exactly. Exactly. Because again, if you structure your business and you realize that 99% of your, your work is shallow work, and you will, you uh, once you start uh, looking at your day and, and realizing, then yeah, you'll, you'll be like, oh man, there's this, there's this, again, this aha moment of like, I can literally be replaced within one week. Right. There, there's a, a lot of businesses that uh, is getting harder and harder to find workers in, in regular businesses that can concentrate. Because again, statistically, uh, the average worker can only do concentrated work for about seven minutes hmm. before they have to be distracted. They have to go to Facebook. They have to do something to kind of give their mind um, rest uh, from that concentrated work because it's like a, a muscle. It's like going to the gym or or like running, you know, and so I can only run for seven minutes and then I, I've got to walk. I can't. So this is definitely going to be a, a learned behavior, but I, I think oh, yeah. just to get back to the principles that one of the primary principles, then if we want to differentiate between 
shallow work and, and deep work. Shallow work is something that, that you can actually delegate to somebody, mm-hmm. likely train them in a day to even a week, mm-hmm. um, something that you can hand off to somebody else. It doesn't absolutely require you. Mm-hmm. And, and I might add to that too, because this is something I talk about a good bit to photographers or with photographers, the difference between proactive and reactive work. The reactive work I characterize as certainly something that can be delegated, mm-hmm. but then also something that isn't necessarily tied directly to increasing your bottom line. Mm-hmm. And so if, if that's the case for whatever the activity, whether it's, it's some of the email that you have to do or the editing work or the album design or, or otherwise, um, if that's the characteristic, then, then likely you need to figure out a way to, to give that to somebody else to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I recommend to photographers is kind of a three to one ratio, three, 75% um, of their time spent on proactive work versus maybe 25% at the most of their time spent on reactive work. Because you're right, as business owners, at at some point in time, we're going to have to do some of the busy work. Mm -hmm. But we're trying to minimize Mm -hmm. that. Yes, exactly. And and the goal is to to give as much of that reactive busy work to somebody else as possible so you don't Mm -hmm. have to do it. You can focus on on the deep work. Are there other kind of differentiators between shallow work and, and deep work that he talks about in the book? No, I mean, not particularly. I mean, like, again, like uh, any, anything that uh, once you com- completed is just something extraordinary, you know, something that you can, you, you would be happy to put your name on, you know, be like you're proud of um, something that that would belong to you. You know, well, I think a lot of people will actually relate to this is that all this knowledge, because again, I, I can have all the knowledge in the world about, um, how to run a business or how to even do deep work and how to concentrate and how to do this and how to do that. I can, I can have all the knowledge in the world. Um, but to turn, to turn that knowledge into action, that's where a lot of people have problems in their business because they don't have enough willpower. They don't have enough discipline, you know, and, and because I'm there, um, again, I'll, I'll kind of equate it back to like running, you know, um, I don't like running because it gets tiring and I don't have enough willpower to get through that pain to get to that runner's high Interesting. To, to really, really start, start seeing the benefits. Yeah. Seeing the yeah. benefits. Yeah. It's a great analogy. I think most people in business, especially entrepreneurs uh, or and, and photographers, they stay in that running for seven minutes, walking, a really wonderful analogy yeah staying right in 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 that area yep and very very few um have the willpower to to power through the pain of all the work to to get beyond the shallow work to to start really working on their business um on a more on a deeper level of growing their business being proactive about their business too you know and so uh i think another thing that the book really kind of hit home for me is that we don't want to be bored anymore as a society. We just don't want to be bored Um, because we have our phones when we're, we are standing in line uh, at the grocery store or, or we are at the stoplight or we have trained our brains to always need stimulus. And, um, and, but the, but the crazy thing is, is that um, boredom is where your mind just starts to wander and a lot of really great ideas that I come up with is when I'm bored. You know, I'm not on Facebook looking at my friend's statuses. Um, I don't get great ideas that way, you know, to actually have the, the discipline to put the phone down and to be bored everyone wants throughout your daily life uh, of just, you know, allowing yourself to turn the radio off and drive in silence for once, you know, it would be hard for some people. It's hard for me. Uh, it's just like, 
uh, silence almost hurts me, you know, I'm like, I'm so I got to have stimulus, you know, <laughs> um, and podcast is also really, really good for you too. You know, I think that's a, I think that's a um, habit that um, a lot of our young, um, younger generations is, is losing as well. And um, when they, they've been taught from a very, very early age, when you're in a minivan, you have a, a TV going, no matter if you're, you're going from here to the grocery store, you know, like you have to have a cartoon on, you know, you have, you can't just look out the window and be bored a little bit, you know? So if being bored is a beneficial thing, can you get into deep work accidentally or does it always have to be intentional? Can you get into deep work by just allowing your mind to wander and not having stimulus? Well, I think you would get ideas about uh, ways to be to uh, of deep work um, when you're when you're bored. But I mean, obviously, um, deep work requires um, an incredible concentration, um, and so you're actually working toward a goal. Um, being bored is just just a, a place where um, where you're allowing your 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 mind to just to to wander. Well, and I, have to, I think we have to be careful too. When we say bored, it, it has kind of it carries a negative connotation. Well, yeah, it what, does. What it we're, does. It really does. What we're talking about, I mean, you're describing, for example, a scene where you're driving in the car without a, you know the radio on or a podcast on or music on, where mm-hmm. we're just where you're driving in quiet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that has become boring, or we've labeled it boring. Mm-hmm. But there's right. actually a really wonderful opportunity just to to clear your mind a little bit, mm-hmm. potentially to brainstorm or daydream or otherwise. Mm-hmm. So we we talked about the fact that that work and and even lifestyle in general before mm-hmm. learning this this approach to workflow mm-hmm. this deep this idea of deep work was mm-hmm. a bit chaotic uh, mm-hmm. to say the least was stressful certainly mm-hmm. um the principle then of learning to focus on what actually matters to your business and delegating the things that that don't mm-hmm. um that aren't proactive shall we say in mm-hmm. nature somewhere else so that you can focus on what matters mm-hmm. Um, this has begun to make a pretty significant difference in your business. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if you'll take us through what a day in your a work day looks like for you now. What does that workflow actually look like, and how are you applying these principles oh, yeah. to your day? Oh yeah. So um, so um, there's a, a couple of very huge things that um, and and a couple of things that I'm still trying to implement. So um, again, I'm, uh, I I have the knowledge, but I'm trying to put that knowledge into action. Sure. Um, but um, the biggest thing is. Uh, um, for most people in a, in a job, they have accountability, layered accountability. If you are in a boardroom and you promise your boss that you're going to have this report on his desk by Friday, uh, more than likely you're going to get you're going to you're going to work miracles to get this 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 uh, this you know this thing on his desk by Friday. Sure. Right? Yeah. Um, so, but again, as as uh, as photographers, we don't ha- we don't have that. Again, we're we're our own boss, you know. And, um, and so, well, the few deadlines that we do have are, are usually longer deadlines, right? You, you tell your clients you're going to have the images delivered to them in six weeks or eight right. weeks or whatever the case may be. They're not too pressing, right? So, one of the major things is to try to figure out how to simulate that type of accountability in your own business. You sure, know? having someone that you can meet with or who you can you can talk to on, on the phone who is kind of like you have given permission to be that boss and your life that would kind of like not let you get away with uh, your excuses, you know, because we are all always filled with excuses. And so um, to have someone kind of like you picture as above you that uh, like a, a life coach, a business coach, I'm not sure, you know, uh, some, something, that, someone that you respect and you don't want to disappoint. Them, you know so so the, the big, I guess the big first step for you then in making change to your day-to-day workflow was 
creating some type of accountability. Was this yes. with a particular individual? In your oh yeah, life, yeah. Or? So, uh, um, oh man, we, we've been blessed um, by um, um, an older gentleman who uh, who uh, used to manage um, several. Uh, large corporations. He's retired now. So it's not just accountability. There's some mentorship there too. There Somebody is. that has there, a lot of oh experience yeah. in business. Oh yeah. He's actually has helped me beyond than just deep work as far as like how to even structure my day because the deep work didn't even go through through that. But this guy was the one that basically said, you need to do this, you know? Okay. And the the, the biggest thing that he told me to do is time block. Time block your day. If you have to actually think through what your your tomorrow is going to look like and you're going to put in your calendar but to actually time block your day is a huge huge thing because then you have to think through what you're going to do now if you see on your list a lot of reactive things emails or editing and you're like man my whole my whole day is structured on just doing shallow work then it's going to be eye an eye opener for for you you know and so um um, so that was a that was a huge thing for me is to just literally time block. Do so, you feel micromanaged by that that idea? Like if you're looking at your calendar and you see, I mean, is it are you usually scheduling one hour time slots? No, no. I mean, like so it takes time, and sometimes you have to be forgiving of yourself because a lot of times I won't do everything on my uh, on my my time block because uh, I think time blocking is a step beyond just doing your to-do list because a lot of people have to-do lists but they don't have they literally don't put on their calendar when they're going to do their stuff on sure. their to-do list and so sure. it just never never happens you know you take your your stuff on your to-do list of, of things you want to accomplish and be like okay I'm going to be doing this um, I know it's going to take a week, but I'm going to do uh, an hour here, an hour there, because you you know that you only have a, a finite amount of time in your in your day. You also have a finite amount of of, of decision making. So actually, to structure your your day of like in the morning time, let me do all my deep work things, and so at the end of the day, when all my decision making um, is kind of gone, then I can start doing more shallow shallow work because it doesn't require as much brain power. Then then you can structure your day based on even what you know your brain's going to be able to handle through that through that day. Sure, and that'll vary from from person to person too. Some people are morning people; others are are they prefer the evenings or even yeah. um, late night. Some yeah. some like to work late at night if if they don't have to get up early with the kids in the morning. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I think a a big thing for me personally, because again, a lot, I don't know when I'm going to be where I'm going to be working, uh, but. Has allowed me to say no, or later, or not right now to to a lot of things. Maybe maybe Heather will say, "I need you to do this for me." Before I'll be like, "Okay, I'll just drop what I'm doing, and then and do that task." Think of it like a train. When I start into this deep work mode, it's a, a train that 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 pulls away from the station. It takes a while for that train to get up to speed, and then when I have to stop that train. And to get to something else, and then have to start that train back up. I can't like right. go from deep mode, um, deep work mode to uh, to do shallow work, and then go immediately back in deep work mode because uh, because it is a it is something that takes a time to do. You sure, know? sure. I can say, hey, I will do it, and I will put it on my calendar at this time right okay. there. You Interesting. Know? So, so it allows me to say I will do it. But just not right now. Because okay. right now, uh, my my calendar says I need to be doing this right now. So these are two pretty significant changes. One was just establishing some accountability with somebody on the, on the outside, right? That has mm-hmm. an objective opinion and mm-hmm. also has some business business experience that mm-hmm. can speak some uh, wisdom, if you will, into mm-hmm. your business. Yep. But then also 
time blocking, mm-hmm. blocking segments of time in your calendar. I mean, do you do this literally from, say, nine to five? I mean, block every single bit of it off? If you look at my calendar, it doesn't look like that right now. I just need to get back into it. I, I, I've kind of like uh, fallen down a little bit on that. It was a huge, huge thing for me. If I structure from eight to five, and again, um, it would also help me in my as my business because again, after five o'clock, I know that I've done enough business, right. I've done enough work that right. I can I can shut off my computer yes. and I can go play with my kids and I can, without guilt, you know? A distinction that a lot of photographers, I think, need to make. I've heard horror stories of you're, photographers working you're, you're being, around the clock. Yeah, you're just being married. You're married to your business and like you, you cannot put your phone, your your computer down because there's always always work to do mostly shallow work but right. work you know okay so accountability time blocking are there mm-hmm. other particular elements that changed in your day-to-day workflow there's a, a group of a group of guys that I meet with um on on Wednesdays for lunch that's another kind of a form of accountability for me as well so we can we can talk through things um they can kind of help me and I can help them create deep work tasks for for our business interesting you know? so are you brainstorming together first oh, yeah, and yeah. then establishing what these tasks are definitely definitely and you can probably even go online uh, and you can create one of these things yourself but um two to three uh, people who would you be consider, considered um, peers and uh, and and, uh, and it's called a mastermind a mastermind yeah. class or a mastermind course um, and so uh, but it's a extremely helpful extremely helpful is to to have um, peers who 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 are also um, in the trenches with you and uh, and then you guys are kind of helping each other out and it's not a play group it's not like a like a like it's not like we're being buddy buddy we are buddy buddy but i mean like but we know that like uh we we miss two or three of the, these meetings or uh, we don't we're not taking it seriously enough there's someone behind us that wants to get in oh interesting so, like literally even the person who formed it can be kicked out because we're we're here for for to grow our businesses not not to play poker whatever, whatever, whatever <laughs> it is, you know. so those are kind of like multi multi-level uh, forms of accountability. And I think accountability is crucial, crucial, crucial. So, uh, but I have actually come up with some, some things to help me um, stay focused. My brain, and I think a lot of people's brains are structured that I will focus for a little bit, but I will always have um, a back door or escape route so I can get back to um, being shallow again. Um, so with email, um, email is a, is a constant distraction for me. And, um, and so for me, I used Google apps. I found Boomerang, Boomerang for Gmail. And uh, they just came out within about a month ago, pausing your inbox. It's called Inbox Pause. Game changer. It is awesome. You can basically literally pause your inbox so that you don't get email emails, uh, email notifications, nothing um, anywhere. Now I have to play devil's advocate here. Could you not just close your email out and turn off notifications even without notifications when i put my phone down yeah um if you put your phone on do not disturb when when you pick up your phone it just won't vibrate it won't notify you but the notification is still on the well, i mean actually turning off notifications altogether like i mm-hmm. my, my email app i literally have all notifications turned off so i don't get a visual notification i don't get mm-hmm. a buzz i don't have anything yeah so here is what um the reason why i still want it because there are some emails that 
I want to um, answer very, very quickly. And this, okay. is, what, this is what dif- differentiates Boomerang for Gmail for me. Okay. Is that you can allow certain emails in. Right. Okay. So, so I want no notifications about emails except if I get a wedding inquiry. Because if I get a wedding inquiry, um, I want to be able to actually communicate with them fairly quickly. That's the only exception to to my rule. Okay. And so I love it because I can I can say pause my inbox um, and I can even put a schedule in there like only allow uh, inbo- uh, my emails to come into my inbox at 12 o'clock. When we went to when we went on vacation, I literally paused my inbox and it will send a an email to uh, whoever emailed you to let them know, hey, my inbox is paused. I, I've got your email. I'll get back to you as soon as possible, but I'm doing this other thing as well. So that's another thing that um, turning off notifications won't do because again, I I want my uh, my business to be known for great customer service. Sure. And so if a customer emails me, there's a lot more grace on their part if they know that yeah, I got it. Um, I'll get back to you as soon as possible. But they they understand. So are you able to actually filter for particular email addresses? Mm-hmm. Email addresses, keywords. That's cool. So, um, so that basically kind of helps my inbox. Okay. okay. So basically, I pause my inbox, no notifications, yeah. unless it's unless it's a very very important thing. Okay. Okay. The next thing for me is distracting websites. That's a huge thing for everyone. Um, there is Facebook. There's Reddit. There's I mean, like there's there's Netflix. There's so many so many uh, distractions. And so I have found this app called Focus. It's literally called Focus. <laughs> and, um, and, it's, and it's an amazing, amazing l- little thing that, so basically when I turn this thing on, I cannot turn it off. I cannot turn it off. No matter how much my brain wants to be distracted, I cannot turn it off. And because I know my, I have trained my brain that, and like when I open a new tab, uh, instead of typing in maybe my website, um, to do some stuff um, business-wise, my my fingers automatically type F-A-C for <laughs> Facebook, you know? Like, it is insane. It's insane. And so, and so what this focus thing does is I will say, focus for 25 minutes. Once I start this, I cannot go... It's just a block for me, you know, yeah. and I, I, I need that. I need that so bad, you know, and that's one of my, my favorite apps because I've got to turn that on or I will get distracted no matter what. I mean, like, I just, I need that, you know, I got an Apple watch as well. My, my brain has been, been trained so that every time my wrist vibrates, um, to, to look at what's happening, you know, um, and so, um, also I just put that on do not disturb iPhone is a little bit more challenging. One, there's this app, and this is so silly. People are going to think this is so dumb, <laughs> but it works. It works. I pr- at least it works for me. It okay. might not work for everyone, but okay. it does work for me. There's an app called Forest, okay? And I love this little app. This app is like, again, you tell it how long you want, want, want to focus for, and uh, what it does, it plants a, virt- a virtual seed, and this tree starts growing. And if you get out of this app for any reason, yeah. your, your tree will die. All right. Do you get distracted watching your tree grow? <laughs> I was going to no. say. <laughs> no, no, no. no. It, it, no. If, it, if, if you turn your phone up to actually look at it, it'll say, get back to work or quit looking at me. It, it'll really say that. It's kind of it's fun. And so um, it, it works for me. It works for me. Okay. But if that doesn't work for you, turn off your phone. 
Um, some people even lock their phone into a drawer. They cannot access their phone until either they get the key back from their coworker or or their wife or something like that. You know, they cannot get to their phone without someone else's permission. You know, and so uh, and so that that so for some people it can get to that extreme. But there is an answer for not being distracted on your phone. Um, so with a work environment, noise canceling headphones. They're expensive, but oh, so worth it. Oh my gosh. So I can literally go to the Frothy Monkey, which is a fairly noisy environment. Right. And I can turn these things on and turn on some movie scores or some classical music, so, something that doesn't have words to it. And and I am in I, I'm in a my different own world. world. I'm in my own world. Yeah. Uh, like I could literally be in a in an empty room. Um, and, uh, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing for, for me. I would certainly have to agree with that. I'm actually, the, the earbuds that I have in right now are noise canceling. Oh yeah. Um, and they've been great, particularly for travel. You know, you, you get in the plane and you've got that engine in the background and oh, yeah. baby's crying or whatever the case might be. And you flip that switch and Boom! It, it literally transports you into a different world. It's pretty it's incredible. Beautiful. It's beautiful, and you, and you don't even realize how much ambient noise you, you you're 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 used to until yep. you put, so the, true. put those headphones on. Oh, it's a beautiful. I love place. it so much when he stays at home to work and he has his noise canceling headphones on, <laughs> and I have to literally do a dance <laughs> to get his attention the room to get his attention so that he knows that oh, I'm trying man. to communicate with him. But I have had people, I'm like in so deep work mode and then someone will come behind me and like touch me on my shoulder and I jump out of my skin. Because like <laughs> That is the fun part. You'd think he was watching stranger things or something. He jumps and shrieks. <laughs> Shri- no, not sh- shriek- shrieking is not. No, that's not the term that we use. I, I grunt manly. <laughs> what? manly What's fashion? going on? <laughs> Those are some practical things. Sure, practical things that I do um, to help me with being um, distracted. Just like a lot of people, I can see that kind of notification and I can um, completely ignore um, that uh, that vibration on my wrist from my Apple Watch. But all of a sudden, like my brain, like I can't let it go. It right. will start gnawing at me and right. gnawing at me. What was that? Could it be just a notification to drink more water? Or was it, you know, an email that came in? Or, or I mean, like it, it could just be anything. You really summed up what efforts represent very well, and and it starts with the idea of of self awareness. You realize, hey, I need to I need to change what I'm doing because I have these particular tendencies that are getting in the way of me ultimately being not only my most productive self and, mm-hmm. and doing the things that matter in my business, mm-hmm. but it's also interfering ultimately with my time with my family mm-hmm. because now I'm busy all the time and there's always mm-hmm. something to get done because I was spending so much time on shallow work, as we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the importance of deep work, doing things that that can't be delegated out, that are truly proactive in nature and that they're moving your business forward, really, really important. Mm-hmm. You've been able to do that by establishing a certain level of accountability with not only this individual mentor, but also the group that you meet with regularly, oh, yeah. which mm-hmm. is really, really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've established a, a workflow that's applying particular principles that are extra helpful to you and maintaining consistency mm-hmm. in that focus, including what you mentioned earlier, this idea of blocking out certain segments of time in your calendar. Mm-hmm. I love the proactivity in that um, and, and that you know what you're going to be working on. This is something when I talk to photographers about task and project management, one of the things I talk about is establishing your MITs, your most important tasks mm-hmm. for the next day, mm-hmm. planning ahead so oh, that yeah. 
you don't have an opportunity to get distracted by something else that you know exactly what you're diving into is really, really important. Um, but we'll make sure that, that we put these principles in the show notes. We'll link to the book um, uh, as well oh, yeah. as... It's I think, a great book. I would, I would recommend everybody to, to read us. We'll make sure to link to that, that book in the show notes as well. And then I'd also like to link to you guys' website and social media. Can you share with our listeners what those are? And we'll put those in the show notes as well. Oh, yeah. Um, richsmithphotography.com. Um, and, um, and then just richsmithphoto at, on, on, on Instagram. So richsmithphoto. And so, um, so, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Perfect. Thank you guys so much for making thank time so to much. share with yeah, the Book of Podcast so community. Really we appreciate you so much. Thanks so much for listening to the Book of Podcast today. We let us know what you think by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or maybe in the Apple Podcast app. And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast, maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My direct email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. Mm-hmm.